Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. Ooh, and we are back with a, a r- sort of late edition of this podcast. Uh, we are cramming this one into the schedule to shove it to the front of the line, so to speak, for when you guys are listening to it, because big news has dropped from Games Workshop. Um... John, how long have we been talking about this? They've been talking about Warhammer Plus for maybe a month so it was now? A, uh, I think closer to... It was a joke when they first announced it for the most part. Like, uh, the community as a whole were kind of, kind of like, there's no way this is a good idea. Like, this is this is going to be like Disney Plus. There's, like, what are, what are you talking about? I think it was branded wrong <laughs> from the get-go. Yeah, I was extremely skeptical. Um, however, just today... Uh, as we're recording this, it is Wednesday, the 23rd. Uh, just today, they put out information on what Warhammer Plus is and why it might be a good idea for you. And we thought it's worth t- taking a whole episode about because, y'all, we got some thoughts and some ideas on what this might mean. But first, hobby progress and games played. All right, so John, what have you been up to? Well, not a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even read a lot of books or stuff. Uh, I started a new job, so I haven't been kind of preoccupied, haven't really been messing with hobby and too much. The stuff I have been has been like uh, doing some of my own thoughts for more kit bashes for Rain and Hell. Uh, kind of just waiting for Dominion to really hop back in, like jump back in whole hog, and just build and paint a ton of Stormcast. Yeah, just hobby your brains out. Yeah, just spend like an entire weekend just painting up golden armored demigods, essentially. Awesome, awesome. I mean, first off, how dare you put your life and bettering yourself over this hobby of plastic? You know you're a disembodied voice that only lives on the internet. You're not allowed to do that. Shame on you. Shame on you. Mm, uh, I guess. Shame on me. <laughs> uh, weird stand there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been doing that makes you so high and mighty there, oh, Joseph? Well, John, you see, I've been painting. Uh, although, not a ton. Um... Last week, Everyone give Joe a cookie. Oh, thank he you. Serves a cookie for painting. I'll take this cookie. You. I'll take this. I painted one evening. That's enough. Um, I'm in a similar boat where things have been hectic. My wife and I are trying to buy our first house, and for those of you who aren't in America, it's knuckin' futs right now. So uh, we have been like furiously driving all over trying to look at houses. So it's been kind of hard to cram hobby time in. Because, like, a house goes up, you immediately have to go look at it, repeat, until, you know, your brain muddles out your ears. Uh, however, I was reading some of the rules for 3rd edition and kind of pondering what it could mean for Sylvaneth. And uh, it got me in the mood to try to rehash my Sylvaneth paint scheme with some of the skills that I've acquired since I first started painting them long ago. So, um, I broke out a, a Tree Lord Ancient, uh primed over what I'd done before and just to sort of started getting to work. 
It's a much more airbrush heavy scheme this time using the same colors, but blending them with an airbrush rather than like dry brushes and like really, really, really crappy edge highlights that I was doing before. Um, so far, I'm kind of liking where it's going, but I got to dive into it more before I can say for sure. Um, also been doing some reading uh, for a Caradron Overlord's novel, The Curse of the Iron Dragon, I think is what it's called. Something Iron Dragon. Been working on that there. And uh, Pondering Ogres. Man, them big fat boys just always get me. Because they're awesome. Gotta get them chicken nuggets. Ah, no. Well, everybody else has like a a, a no-brain smash-em-up army, and I don't have a no-brain smash-em-up army. I am the no-brain smash-em-up <laughs> army. Yeah, you have a no-brain smash-em-up army. My wife has a no-brain smash-em-up army. Corwin has a no-brain smash-em-up army. And I have nothing but cagey armies. It's a shame. Uh, and I think ogres might allow me to, uh, you know, smash them up. We'll see. I uh, gotta look at what kind of news we get for, our new, for the new edition, but... I think they're in a an interesting, strong place. I'll put it that way. So I might pick up hobbying on those also, or maybe just go back to Caradron. We'll see where my brain takes me. Why not both? Because, John, I'm looking for my first house. You just heard me say that. Hey, I didn't say you had to get it done now. You can just look forward to doing it when you've got more time. Uh, that's true. And more space in a new house. Ah. Uh. And also, we can use that when we go to make battle reports later. Ooh. If we do that. If. If. But we got to talk about it on the show so people bully us and pressure us into doing it. I don't know if anybody wants to see our goofy-ass battle reports. Um, y'all out there, tell me if, you're, if I'm totally wrong. I'm, I'm betting. Okay, we're, we're going to get into this in the episode. But I'm betting. We could put off a better better report than GW is with lawn chairs, sleeveless flannel shirts, some beer koozies, and like a garage. Damn, that does sound like a hell of a summer setup, don't it? It'd be like Letter Kenny, but for Warhammer nerds. Some cornhole out in the yard. Oh boy. <laughs> just just <laughs> hug a Stormcast model into a cornhole hole. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are probably a bunch of global listeners or all of those folks who listen to us from Seattle right now are going, what in the hell are they? Seattle has cornhole. <laughs> There's no way they don't. I'm not so sure they do, John. I'm not so sure they do. I don't think anybody knows what cornhole is outside of this little region. But again, prove me wrong, listeners. But yeah, uh... There's definitely more hobby in my future. Just kind of got to get the time to do it. But, you know, hopefully soon. First, though, I think we might as well hop into the topic. All right, John. Warhammer Plus. Warhammer Plus. Warhammer Plus what? What is Warhammer Plus? Well, so Warhammer Plus is a service that was announced alongside that they are making a bunch of animations. And so everyone, when it was announced, thought that it was just going to be a streaming service like Disney Plus or like uh, Amazon Prime Video or Hulu or Netflix. It is not. That is part of it. It's not the whole thing. Hallelujah. Because that would have been bad. That would have been bad. Uh, from uh, from a thousand point view, it is a 
bunch of different services from Warhammer put together in one place. And for the most important part, a $6 a month price point. And a lower dollar per month price point if you buy it with like the one year bundle. Um, Which is $60. Yeah, so you could get it at like six months a month every month and it they'll just charge you like every service. Uh, or you could pay 60 bucks once and that give, that means you're good for the whole year and that works out to five bucks a month. I did the math. Yeah, so keep that in mind from the get-go when we talk about this service. Yeah, because I it's feel $6. like that price point is what makes a lot of what we're about to talk about uh, exciting rather than underwhelming. Because um, I think this, as an endeavor, lives and dies on the, pr- on the asking price. Because um, if someone comes to you and tries to pitch you a service and they're charging, let's say, $20... You're expecting a whole lot for that $20. Depends on how much $20 is valued to you, but yeah. Well, I mean, I'm assuming our listeners probably are going to care about a $20 service. Um, Yeah. So, them, you know, if they would have come in at 15, again, you would have expected a lot. Even at 10, you're still probably going to expect a decent amount, something like a Netflix or something. But at 5... What they have on offer seems much more enticing. So, all right. There is a a number of rewards, but I think there are a few big ones that we'll get into one by one. First off is, as John mentioned, they are going to be releasing their animations here. Um, As everybody has probably seen by now, uh, Warhammer has been hiring content creators from the community, from like YouTube and stuff, to be part of their in-house studios and make them animations that they can release on Warhammer Plus. Uh, And they've also hired some other sort of like third-party studios to come in-house and make them animations. All centered. And sound and music and stuff like that. And all of that is going to be centered around making Warhammer-centric content. And I don't mean just 40K or I don't mean just Age of Sigmar. Uh, All of the worlds that are underneath. So... You're going to get stuff for Necromunda. You're probably going to see something for Warcry eventually. Uh, Kill Team. Uh, maybe Blood Bowl. Who knows? Etc. Etc. Everything's on the table. And on top of those shows that we'll be releasing every Wednesday. Uh, it, they, these are episodic. They're not being dropped like how Netflix drops entire shows. It's They're doing the older way of watching television for those of you who used to watch TV in the 90s. And then... In addition to that is weekly hobby shows. Um, there's three they talked about. They talked about maybe adding more in the future. But the three major ones are Citadel Color Masterclass, which is high-level painting techniques. A Warhammer Lore Masters, which is just a lore channel, essentially, uh, in Warhammer. It's official. They're probably going to have some sort of fancy stuff in there. Don't really know a ton about it. And then Warhammer Battle Reports. I think two of these sound interesting. I think battle reports were a given, but I don't know how GW is going to do them well because I think battle reports live and die based off of who is playing and the interactions between them, not the games themselves. Yeah, um, I think that's entirely true. Because, of course, uh, let's look at some of the current community like battle report creators, right? Um, you got Tabletop Tactics who make uh, Warhammer 40k battle reports. And they have a really high production quality, of course, but they also 
They're just a bunch of friends, which makes everything much more interesting to watch. And they're good presenters. A lot of them used to be actors. Like, it just works. Um, although, I will say, I watch some that aren't, you know, the best production quality in the world with a studio, but are still fun because the presenters are buds, and it comes across while you're watching. So even though they and might there's... be filming on, like, a, a cell phone, it's still fun. So it works. And then there's some that, like, uh, like Man Who Reads Book, most of his channel is a little bit drier. It's not quite so, like, happy-go-lucky fun times. It's more informative, I should say. That's, yeah, Gorilla Miniature Games. I think that's games. the way I'm going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone references him as man who reads books. I mean, so. he, is who, <laughs> he is the man who reads every book, and I salute him for his service. Uh, I, I like his channel for that he for his non-GW content, when he explores other games, and like you get to actually see that, where you don't see that a lot. Yeah. Um, but for me, like I worry that GW might come in with you know an incredible production value, but have uh, but struggle to make it uh, relatable or believable or entertaining. I hope I'm and wrong. I hope they knock it out of the park. But uh, that's going yeah. to be a the bar is set high. I'll put it that way. And to address an elephant in the room that some of you are probably thinking up right, about right now, and people have been talking about on the internet already, uh, hours after this has been announced, these coming out should not mean that they're going to start shutting down your favorite YouTube channels, because those channels, like, that, that's not how copyright works. They're not going to do that. Um, if anything, this will push content creators to get better, and content creators can now push a GW to get better, because... It'll be hilarious if a group of three dudes in a garage make better content than a multi-million dollar company GW. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. It'll be really entertaining. Um, I know some people kind of run to the chicken little effect that the sky is falling, but y'all, if they told every content creator other than themselves, stop producing material, it is only us. It would, I'm, I can't say it would be suicide as a company, but it would definitely be cutting off a few of your own limbs. And uh, I think that such an anti-community policy would drive a lot of people away. It would. Because one of the reasons why G people are willing to, willing to spend the premium for GW products is because of how big it is, how big the community is, everything else. Because let's be honest, it's the most expensive war game. It is, by and country mile, yeah. Yeah, and people just won't get invested in that if they can if they see the company being greedy. Like I do a show about this, and if GW did that, I would probably go. I don't think I want to give you my money. I don't think I'm gonna play your game anymore. Actually, like that would actually be a breaking point for me. Is if they just told all these people who have been doing it for years and made them the popular game they are, like to go screw themselves. I'm not giving them any more money. Yeah, and I think they know that. I mean, the only way that they've had this community going for so long is that, you know, around the advent of 8th edition, when they started to learn their community and use it to their advantage, uh, I think they kind of figured out the landscape. And mm -hmm. y'all, they did not get this far by not knowing that their content creators are incredible tools for them to have. Uh there's a reason they grabbed some of said content creators 
when they wanted to make animations. Because they know the skill that people have out here making stuff for them. Uh, and I would also argue it's similar when they do their black library, uh, like open auditions. They know the skill of the people out here. They know it's a tool. They're not going to just burn that bridge. Uh, so everybody, let's just chill out for a minute. But that's not all that's in Warhammer Plus, Joe. There's more. Now, would yeah. you like to know more? I would like to know more. I'm doing my part. Okay, well, here's more. That was my part of the bit. <laughs> Remember, everybody, Starship Troopers is a satire. Anyways, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> um, a satire and a masterpiece, to... yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a free miniature, air quotes, free. You're paying for the service, you're getting the miniature in addition to all of this. Uh, once per year. You get to pick between two in the first year. It is a uh, assassin, Yep. a Vindicare assassin, and an orc between them. I'm choosing the Vindicare Assassin because that's a beautiful model. Um, if I played Iron Jaws, I would grab the orc, but I don't. So I'm grabbing the Assassin hiding in the statue head every time. Even if I don't build that as a model, but I instead implement it as part of a terrain piece, like a terrain centerpiece, rad. Love it. Yeah, it's, Anyways. it's beautiful. There's not a lot to say there. It's great. They're going to have miniatures every year that you can pick from to get. You can still purchase the other one. Yeah, if you want one. the second, you can buy it. Um, but yeah. you are going to get one as part of your subscription. And they're, at least the two that they showed off for this year are beautiful, unique, uh, sort of dramatic sculpts. And I would expect that in the future it's going to be similar. They're all going to be uh, grandiose like substitute models, if I can use that term. Uh, as alternate beautiful sculpts for your tables. And uh, as an extra bonus, I love it. I just... They'll be display it. fodder. That's what they will be. Yeah. And that's great. Like These are going to be for people who like love to build displays or like Golden Demon, stuff like that. That's These are going to be molded into like dioramas and stuff. They'll probably see some play on the table, but some people just won't. Um yeah, I, but that's that's a simple one. That's an easy win. Like it is. I mean, it is a good ad. It is not something that I was expecting, but I'm more than happy to get. Um, yeah. And especially like, look at what one hero costs you currently. Like, what does it cost for you to buy an HQ unit for a GW game? About thirty five dollars. Yep, thirty five, forty bucks, give or take. And you're getting mm -hmm. one of those in the service. Not too bad. Yeah. Next is arguably the biggest thing. Uh, this is the one this. that I'm most excited for, for sure. I'm going to be uh, honest with y'all out there. Uh, I was so excited for this bit that I skipped over a lot of the other stuff. Oh, uh, oh another thing before we get to the big one. Uh, you're also uh, going to get access to some of the old white dwarf, to like a lot of the old white dwarf magazines. Oh, yeah. Like you're going to get all the archive, like the Warhammer Vault, which is an archive of old secondary books and White Dwarf uh, editions. It didn't say that the new White Dwarf are going to be slapped in there. I'm assuming that's coming. Or it'll just be on a staggered schedule. Like, maybe the print people get it sooner. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a couple months later, you get it in this. That would just make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to throw that one in there because I feel like it's easy to forget. But, yeah, I I sort of breezed past everything above for the most part. Uh, because this next bit has me very interested in the future of what they're trying to do. 
John, yeah. what got me so distracted? It's probably the inclusion of both the AOS Army Builder and the 40K Army Builder and app. Boom. In the subscription. Yes. For $6. Yeah. Oh, buddy. This is colossal. <laughs> All right. Bit of, I don't know if I'd call it a tirade, but a quick thing that has always frustrated me about Games Workshop. All right. Let's say you want to go play a game of 40K. And you are using a, uh, a last edition army. Let's say you're playing Chaos Space Marines. Okay. All right. What do you need to go play? Well, you need your core rule book, of course. All right. You got that. Uh, you're going to need your battle tome. Oh, sorry. Codex. You're going to need your codex. Okay. You got that. Cool. Uh, also, your codex points are no longer valid. Uh, so you're also going to need chapter approved. It's the only way you're going to be able to play. Okay, so you got that. Great. Um, you're also going to need Psychic Awakening because, you know, you got bonus rules in there. Uh, so you got to have that more than likely. So, all right, you get that. Cool. We're up to four books. Oh, wait. Uh, you might need one of the things from Vigilus. Oh, well, all right. Got to go get that. It's five books for five books accounting. Okay, I've got five books. I'm carting around everywhere. Is that all? You're forgetting the unspoken sixth book of Chaos Space Marines, and that is the Chaos Demons Codex. Yep. All right. So now I've got six books that I'm carting around to this game. Do I need anything freaking else? Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. The other Psychic Awakening book for um, Chaos Demons. Yeah, exactly. So now you need seven books. Okay, great. You got seven. John, are you done then? No. No. You also need the eighth book, the General's Handbook. Um, no, that's Age of Sigmar. Oh, chapter proof. Sorry. I already said that. Yeah. No, but you're still not done, because now you need oh. the FAQs for all seven of these friggin' books. <laughs> and can you get those in print? No, no, you have to print them yourself and shove them in. Um, so, like, by the time you... Do they even send you a binder? <laughs> they should include a three-ring binder. Good God, I feel like I'm getting ready for my first AP class again. Like... <laughs> So, like, you, you shuffle... <laughs> what is Warhammer but an AP class yeah. that costs too much money? <laughs> this is AP plastic, okay? Uh, yeah, we're starting class day one. We will not be talking about the syllabus. And no, I don't accept late assignments or help anybody. Um, that's what it feels like. And it's so frustrating. And that's such a hard sell uh, to a lot of people. That's a lot of books to roll around and play games. Now, of course, it's a little and facetious. I totally grant it. Not every army needs that many books, but it's a good example that like you need a lot of books. It does get out of hand. Like it, it if you go by the directed path by GW, it gets out of hand because if you don't know people in the hobby, you don't know about Battlescribe, you don't know about you know online resources you can use, stuff like that, like workarounds, so you can still play the game if you've only got like one or two things you need, or like playing with your buddies if you're playing a tournament you're gonna have to buy so much stuff mm -hmm. um well and uh, and there hasn't been ways of like doing this and like aos is easier way easier than 40k with it but 40k has had a splat book problem which is uh secondary books for a long time like as far as i remember in seventh edition where it got pretty bad there at the end also playing chaos space brains where you had to bring like six books uh because there was a trader legion supplement and there was uh, specific de like demon books that added stuff to Chaos Space Marines and their codex was like still the 6th edition book I think. Anyways it got weird. Yeah and well and also 
let's say you're somebody like me who, you know, we're in our, like, my friend group is, we're in our, like, late 20s, mid to late 20s. And uh, generally speaking, we don't get to play multiple times a week or anything. We generally get together, like, once, maybe twice a month to play. So when we do, we try to make a whole day out of it. We'll play multiple games. And oftentimes, that means you're bringing multiple armies. Because you might be, you know, trying to try out two forces. And if you're trying to play two forces in one day, good God, I pray for your backpack. Um... Because you're in trouble. That book count explodes quickly. So that has been an issue since I got into Warhammer. And it's frustrating. Terribly, terribly so. However, this seems like it could be a step in the direction to remedy that. At least in part. Because uh, what this signals to me is that GW is trying to push to a modern format. Largely a narrative, not narrative, a digital format. Where, you know, you have access to the app, open the app, click on your army, click on the rules, bada boom, there it is. On your phone, your tablet, your computer, your whatever. And then, maybe some of these books you don't have to shuffle around. And also, at least in 40k, when you buy a 40k book, John, doesn't it unlock in the app if you put in the code? Yes. Yeah, so like... You buy your physical book, you know, let's say you're a Dark Elf player, you run out, you buy your Drukhari book, you're, ooh, I'm so edgy, and you get home, you read your book, you get your code, you put it into your phone, and bada-boom, you now have the digital copy in the app. And to have that bundled with all of this other stuff on top of also bundling it with the Age of Sigmar app, man, that is such a great step forward on cutting down how much crap you have to carry around to play the game. And I assume Age of Sigmar is going to follow the same format. Like, they're going to make it where when you buy one of the new 3rd edition battle tomes, you can just put in the code and have it as part of the AOS app. I I, I see that being an obvious inclusion. Yeah, they haven't confirmed, said anything like that yet, but I would be really, really surprised if that's not the direction that we're going. There's a road bump with this, though, and that's the app is still dog shit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Like, this, the 40k app still needs to be improved. But that's a when, not an if. Um, they're not just going to allow it to keep being terrible. They're working on it. I, I don't work for GW. I don't know somebody who works in GW. I just think that that's going to be common sense. They're not going to spend thousands of dollars making an app and then, like, marketing it. And then adding it as part of the service that they want everyone to buy into without fixing, like, wanting to fix the problems it has. Mm-hmm. So that's only going to improve. That dog don't hunt. And so, as we go forward, the like the apps are going to get better. And if enough people buy into this, and this becomes a sustainable business model, it will show GW that maybe they don't need to spend so much money making money off these books. And they can instead put them in releases in this. Uh, eventually, if this does make enough money, that could lead to GW going... All rules digital. Pay subscription service. And even if they raise the price on this to like $10, I'll pay $10 to have access to whatever rules or secondary books and stuff they release. I'll pay that every month. I don't care. Sure. Like, most people don't buy more than one or two books a year anyways because they normally play one or two factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the thing I really would like to see out of this, Mike, one of the big things I would just be tickled pink by 
is, um, as I mentioned before, currently you have to physically print out FAQs and like shove them into your books or whatever, or just forget they exist as I usually do. Um, because it's just so inefficient currently. However, if all of these rules that I unlock digitally, let's say, you know, and however far down the line, I get my Tyranid codex. I unlock that codex in the app. I now have it in the app. I can read all the rules and stuff. Let's say an FAQ comes out for that book. Because it will. It always does. Instead of posting it and an FAQ on the website, well, of course you could post it there also. But what if they just automatically updated the digital books in your library when their FAQs came out? Yeah. So you don't have to go through trying to figure out, like, oh, man, what abilities do I have to, like, put a little star next to and reference to this FAQ and write down a number and blah, blah, blah. None of that. You simply have it updated already when you open the book. Man, that would be such a quality of life improvement. And I think that this, if, if this were to happen, what I would like to see come from it is, like, don't get me wrong, I'm going to love of all the rules and rule books and everything become digital and I don't have to buy army books anymore. That'd be great. I will miss having those on my shelf because I, mean, I like collecting things. I might still have them the, on my shelf if I'm being honest. Well... I think that they would remove, like, they would remove the need. They'll probably still sell them, uh, but they would also probably sell other, like, novelty books. Like, what if they went to, the, you know, they release a faction, right? They got the rules and everything online. That's cool. But they release a lore book with a bunch of art, like, special art, extra stories. Like, take the size of, like, the Sylvaneth Battletome, right? Mm -hmm. Remove all the rules out of it. Those rules are just slapped into the, the app. So you can just play this faction over here. Cool. But then you can buy a book that's just Sylvaneth, and it's all about all this lore, all their like painting, maybe some like painting tips, like a bunch of pictures, a bunch of art, bunch of stuff like that. Just a complete, just flavor book. Mm -hmm. Make the outside instead of having to let all the battle tomes need to look similar, right? They all got to look like they're part of a series. They could just release these as themed for that faction. So maybe like the art and the design of the book is different. Like they, they could make these novelty items that people want to buy for their factions. You know, like they do the novelty dice, like the novelty rulers I think they have. Stuff like that. Yeah, I think it would be a slam dunk. Because let's be honest, everybody out there listening to this, you probably have one, maybe two factions that you adore, right? You've got one or two factions that are like your ride or die factions that you will just play until doomsday. Uh, you know, for, you are, how would I put it? You are tied to that faction. If they came out with a book like this, everybody who loves their faction is going to buy the book for that faction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to have it, to read, to look at, to feel good, to get ideas, to be inspired. Um, I think it would still sell well. While also, you know, fixing a lot of the current issues that we have with rules stuff. Um, now I'm not sure they'll necessarily go this route, but this is where I would like it to go. You know what I mean? I think that they would still release other rules books, not with like rules additions, but like mission packs go back to releasing like the old forge world, uh, campaign books where it was like, here's the siege of Rax. It isn't tied into the main plot per se. It's its own story. But it's got a bunch of really cool narrative stuff in it. It's got, it's basically like a novel mixed with a uh, like a book of rust kind of deal. 
Like mm-hmm. They can make those things again. Those things were great. The Siege of Rax is why the Death Corps of Krieg became so popular. That and Grimdank on Reddit. Ugh. It's crazy bastards. Also, kind of a... This is a smaller point, but it's one that I think is worth mentioning. Um, I also think this is a smart financial step for DW as a way to diversify their income streams. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, y'all... We gotta be kind of honest with the world that we're living in. 3D printing is getting higher quality, and it's getting easier and cheaper. And it's only going to keep doing so. Because that's how humans work. Progress ever marches onward. And I wouldn't be surprised if in 5 or 10 years, you're seeing GW quality prints coming out of some guy's basement. And I know that recently GW announced that, like, you can't bring 3D printed or non-GW models to GW events. Yeah. That's all well and good, and they can do that. Not a lot of people go to those events in the grand scheme of the amount of people who play their game. Yep. Uh, And eventually they're going to have to deal with that elephant in the room of 3D printing will be how a lot of people get miniatures in the future. And it could mean a... A potential hit to their model sales. I can't say that for sure because it's all hypotheticals and ifs and wins and whatnots. But again, I don't work for GW, so and I don't have a crystal ball. But all of that's very logical. But with this move, even if I 3D print every model that I ever get from now till doomsday, I'm not gonna. But you know, what if? They would still have my monthly money because I would want the animations. I would want the apps. Maybe I want to see their paint classes. Maybe I want to look at the white dwarfs. Maybe I want one of those special edition models. They will still have money from me for a long time to come Uh, on top of the book sales. So I think this is just smart for them as a way to uh, building a safety net under themselves for Whatever may happen in the future. And let's be be fair. GW is a brand. Like mm-hmm. Warhammer 40k, Age of Sigmar is a brand. They When people get interested in this game, not because like, oh, the rule set's so balanced and well designed. It's got constant problems. Nobody just gets in for the cool looking miniatures. They get into it because it is a mixture of aesthetically pleasing models. The entire range you can just buy their products you don't need to go to a thousand different places to buy it they have pretty well designed websites for for seeing things there's a huge amount of books like novels and source books rivaling even D D. like it's a massive brand it's a it's a massive game and these are massive universes they're probably going to want to sell that more than the plastic like yeah the plastic makes them a ton of money now but in the future if they're making a bunch of shows and even more books look at marvel like does marvel make a ton of money off of action figures and comic books yeah did they start making like big buku bucks when they started making movies oh yeah 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 when the house of mouse stepped in everything kind of changed um yeah i don't think that this has the same appeal as that but yeah, but I think it's analogous, you know, as they make more shows, more games, more movies, um, more novels, more whatevers, 
the plastic's going to matter less to the bottom line. Um, but the subscription service will just stay. So I think it's great. I think it's a smart move for them. Uh, and I think it is a forward-looking move, which is something I don't get to say super often about GW. Um, so on this one, well done. Especially if they fix up the 40K app and, uh, and if the new, G, uh, the new AOS app that they mentioned is good. Uh, I think they could have a real winner on their hands here. For sure. But y'all, what do you think about Warhammer Plus? I mean, this is kind of unprecedented in the Warhammer hobby. Um, so it's kind of hard to feel the community sentiment. Um, so I would love to hear from you guys what your thoughts are. Are you excited for it? Are you going to get it? And if you are, what are you getting it for? What bit of everything listed are you most excited for? Is it the same as ours? Different? Or do you maybe have some concerns that we didn't mention that maybe we just missed? We might have, and, and I'd love to hear from it. Let us know on Twitter or comment on our YouTube channel, whichever, which of the models you're going to pick. I'm curious to see which one's going to be more popular. Uh, that assassin's hard to beat, but, you know. I'm going for the assassin. I don't, uh, it's, it's too good. It's so darn pretty, but the orc's very cool, so let us know. Uh, but I think that's been all of us this week. But we'll see you on the next Kentucky Fried Wargaming. And that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time.